0: Welcome back, Acipians from the fantastic downtown studios, Morrisville, North Carolina, American Society of Interventional Pain Physicians. We welcome Dr. Amol Sawan today, who's coming in to talk about where Aesip is going. He's incoming president, and we've got COVID here. We did pretty good this past year. Somehow we got through that doggone thing, and we're on the backside of it, I hope. We uh, pray that you all have stayed well and I know you've taken great care of your patients and it's been challenging. It really has for all of us, but with a lot of optimism say sayonara to 2020. We're going to go to to 2021 and this new president following on the great job of Harold Cordner, is going to tell us a little bit about what we can expect in our world we got an annual meeting coming up and guess what we might actually get to see each other talk to each other have great fellowship so we'll get to talk about that a little telehealth we'll talk about some of the new documentation that we have to uh, we have to deal with more documentation issues and of course the risk and uh, problems that that can impose on a practice, just one more thing. So let's get back into this one and kind of take, a, I guess, a grand tour of what ACIP is all about over the next year. Uh, ACIP is advocacy for you, your patients, and hopefully access to care for all. It's a fantastic organization. If you aren't a member, please do so. There's a lot of advantages. And you can go to the ASIP website, American Society of Interventional Pain Physicians, that's ASIP, A-S-I-P-P dot org, and just kind of take a gander at uh, Fedora, the uh, mid mal options we have. And some of the other uh, options that uh, really help with practice management, billing, revenue, cycle management, and the business of what we do all day. So let's get, let's get to this, and uh, I look forward to this conversation, have looked forward to it for some time, and getting this busy guy to spend a minute with us is a real treat. So enjoy Welcome, all you ACIPians out there. This is uh, a real pleasure to have Emil Saman on. And the thing about this uh, individual is uh, we welcome a new president of the United States. We're about ready to welcome a new president to Uh, ACIP. When do you take the reins?
1: So I officially start in April. Uh, that's when I turn over. But, you know, currently I've been serving as president-elect and working with Harold, who's just doing a great job and yes. steered us through this pandemic and, and everything uh, and trying to uh, to plan for when we start.
0: That's fantastic. Um, we are talking today about uh, American Society of Interventional Pain Physicians, ASIP. <laughs> we are ASIP. And, uh, we have really weathered a long year one year ago today we were thinking this is great we're going on a ski trip we're going to take a warm weather vacation we're just going to go bust around and have a great time oh this summer by the way we're going on a cruise And, and i can't wait in the fall to whatever you do in the fall those breaks went on not to mention meetings we had to stop, slow down, rethink meetings, and we had a a very beneficial summer. I would say that you could get those on-demand meetings anytime at the webpage. It's always better to do it yourself. We got a meeting coming up. Tell us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, so we have our annual meeting coming up. Uh, As of now, it's scheduled in New Orleans uh, towards the end of June. Um, you know, live meeting, hopefully, assuming that all works out. Uh, and we have we have some great agenda items um, because last year, you know, we had to adapt to COVID and, you know, we did a virtual meeting, which was also excellent. But the annual meeting allows us to do smaller breakout rooms, which allows us to do a lot of sessions, smaller breakout rooms, honestly, to help maintain social distancing, uh, but also, It's able to provide a whole menu of opportunities for education.
0: Terms we will come to hate in the future, social distancing. Other terms are wear a mask. And hopefully we're getting those shots in the arm and it'll go away. But by June, we should be able to meet with precautions. How are we going to do that?
1: You know, it's still up for grabs in terms of how that will roll out. The conventional wisdom is that most physicians and healthcare providers will likely have had an opportunity to get a vaccine if they want one, which helps out a ton, but that doesn't really help out with the surrounding community in New Orleans, you know, the hotel, the staff, the people around that area. So we are trying to be adaptable. Uh, in terms of what the annual meeting will look like. It's possible we may do a hybrid meeting, uh, some virtual, some online, uh, give people the option to be home. It's possible things may be okay. We could do everything live, uh, which might be a a nice thing after we've all been cooped up for a while. And it's certainly possible that we pivot to all virtual. Well, you know, I personally
0: uh, have a, (coughs) excuse me, a... uh... True desire to see my peers. I didn't realize how much I missed you guys uh, until I was deprived of the social interaction, the peer interaction, plugging your head in a light socket by going to a meeting. um, And we've been going to meetings for decades. Now we're going to have to reinvent the meeting and reintroduce ourselves to the academic um, exchange of information. What's going to be in the meeting? How are we going to do this?
1: Well, there's going to be some unique thing I think would be really fun to explore is the whole concept of innovation, new techniques. Uh, there's a lot of startup companies out there. There's a lot of ACEP members that you know, maybe dabbling in stuff. Um, There's a lot of new advancements in our field. Being that we're interventional, there's always new techniques and approaches that are out there. Uh, And thus we have started the concept of what's called an innovation summit. And we hope this will be an annual thing. It may even become its own independent conference. But at the annual meeting, we're gonna start out with one breakout session in each block to target innovation. And what does innovation mean? Well, there's a lot of new minimally invasive surgical procedures like sacroiliac joint fusions, uh, lumbar fusion surgeries that are being done by interventional pain practitioners. Uh, there's you know, ways to target pain in the vertebral body with a procedure called Intercept, spinal stenosis with a procedure called mild, by vertose, All of the neuromodulation advancements in peripheral and spinal cord stimulation are out there. And now we're just scratching the surface on a new field that interventional pain really should be at the forefront on. And that's the concept of an interventional orthopedic practitioner. And there's some new groundbreaking procedures that are coming out, such as ultrasound-guided carpal tunnel release. These are things that interventional pain physicians should be able to do with our knowledge of ultrasound and anatomy. Uh, Needle guided or needle approach to knee arthroscopy uh, you know, is another thing that's coming out as a more minimally invasive way mm-hmm. to do diagnosis of the knee. Uh, these are some things that will be perhaps in the forefront of our specialty and ACIP wants to be a leader in terms of educating our members on these new techniques and also discussing pros and cons, looking at the science. Some of them may very well be good techniques other than like we've seen in interventional pain, often may not be the greatest options for our patients or ourselves. But we definitely want to explore those opportunities by doing this innovation summit.
0: You uh, really have mentioned an important um, forward-thinking philosophy that ACIP has. What's the future of ACIP? You're coming in as president. That stuff sounds pretty exciting. We're we're the leaders in regenerative medicine. We took that on a number of years ago, and everybody was like, what is that? And now we're going to be getting into this stuff, which, uh, let's face it, COVID taught us, if anything, less invasive is better, and we want to be leaders there. Where do you see the future of ASAP?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. And it really speaks to ACIP as an organization. And ACIP is a very large organization our specialty, as one knows. Uh, in terms of lobbying, reimbursement, advocacy, I don't think there's a better institution out there. But what's most impressive to me, having been a part of several societies, is how nimble ACIP is. You know, for example, when COVID happened, we had a whole slate of conferences that were scheduled through the summer. And we did them all virtually through Zoom and other interfaces, even board review courses. And, you know, ACIP has a board exam that they work through with a, you know, a separate entity called ABIP, the American Board of Interventional Pain. And we have come up with ways and methods to actually administer that exam virtually using your computer. As long as your computer has a camera, we actually have a proctor assigned to your computer that, that you know, watches you to ensure exam integrity. But these types of things, uh, you know, may take other institutions years to implement. And we were able to do it in a matter of months. It's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, we're very nimble. You said it. And um, our skyline is broad. We don't, um, I don't think we walk around in a shag carpet kind of with blinders on we look what we're doing is we're forward thinking and you're right the future of asip uh we survived 2020 we were innovative and those meetings were really quite good well attended too um innovative we talked new nu- nutrition we talked uh some cardiology we talked about things that interventional pain physicians usually don't talk about And you can get them online at the ASIP website. Uh, We also have the journal online. Tell Tell us a little bit about the future of that.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting regarding journals. Uh, ASAP actually has two journals. They have the, Mm -hmm. you know, Pain Medicine Case Reports, which is a relatively new journal that's, uh, you know, in the process of, of, you know, really launching and getting there. And and eventually our goal is to be listed on PubMed, which I believe we're on path to do that. And then of course we have uh, Pain Physician, which is our journal. And in our specialty, it's got a very impressive impact factor. An impact factor is how you objectively determine the literally the impact that your journal has, and you know it's uh, you know got a larger impact factor than several journals in our in our field. Um, you know, like pain medicine, for example, yeah, right. is one of them. And you know, there's several out there, and you know, I'd hate to list them all by name, but um, but yeah, that's impressive. Not only that, the journal has a lot of. Value to people because it's open access, and you can download the articles free of charge. And you know, ASIP is really into providing that educational tool for everyone.
0: Uh, Did you say free?
1: Yeah. So you can go to the pain physician, uh, you know, website. Um, you can look up journal articles, and next to the articles, there's a little uh, icon to click PDF, and you could literally download that.
0: Right, and uh, you get the full article. Uh, PubMed doesn't necessarily do that uh, in so many cases, and uh, this journal article um, is international. Uh, The journal is international. I think it's the largest journal of its type internationally. Therefore, you know, it can be compared to the big boys, uh, uh, British journals, the uh, American uh, large journals, and so... Questions are answered, not only online, but by the journal, which uh, is now getting greener. We're going more online. So, hey, we are facing a couple other new things that ASIP has taken the lead on EM documentation. We're going to struggle a little through that, but we do have uh, courses coming up and webinars. Um, I think we did a good job talking about it last summer. But it's an ever changing landscape. Uh, how are you going to adjust
1: to that? Yeah, you know, especially this year, right? There's this whole initiative that's coming out from CMS regarding patients over paperwork. And the concern was that physicians were spending so much time worrying about documentation that it's really difficult to have a, a human interaction with a patient. Um, so this year, we've seen some changes to EM coding and documentation in terms of what you need. And a lot of those reforms and changes have been beneficial to the physician. For example, for E&M codes, we see a significant uplift on um, reimbursement. Uh, And additionally, some more guidance on how you can bill for more moderate or complex visits, which actually there's a lot of complex decision-making that goes into a pain management visit. For example, if you prescribe drugs, particularly opioids, there's a lot of compliance that you have to do, you know, a lot of monitoring that you have to do in terms of potentially urine drug testing, pill counting, compliance maintenance, um, even some psychological survey stuff. And all of that with these new ch- changes has allowed pain physicians to capture uh, perhaps a higher level in some of those instances, which is beneficial to us. But all of it is confusing when you undergo sweeping change. Thus, ASIP is hosting a webinar to talk about some of those changes. And as ASIP always does, they are gonna be issuing guidance statements and documents on things um, that are primers, so to speak, on, on how to do things. And we saw this with COVID, right? So when COVID came out, ACIP, uh had a special COVID edition journal And there was a lot of toolkits in there. When to do an interventional pain procedure, when to delay, what is a a risk stratification look like for your patients? What happens if you're locked down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, And
0: we also look to ACIP for telehealth. It's not going away. If anything kind of good came out of COVID, nothing good came out of COVID, but if kind of good Telehealth may actually evolve into a useful technology. And ASA took a real strong role with that. Um, The website does carry information about that. And I I think you had a lot of good uh, information that has been uh, archived. And um,
1: where do you see it going? Is it getting bigger? Yeah, so you know, telemedicine, I really think is the way of the future. There's just a whole lot of um, you know political pressure to keep it going. I think patients had a good experience, and some physicians did as well. Though it was certainly growing pains for all of us. But just imagine not having to be in a waiting room, or perhaps being texted when when your appointment's ready. It's very convenient for the general health of the uh, of the actual patients. And so I just think that's going to be an ever evolving ever-growing part of our specialty and interaction. And if you think about how COVID has changed society, telemedicine impacting digital stuff is is, an, is are just ways that have changed things. People working remotely from home or instead of going to meetings and traveling to meetings, meeting over Zoom, there's been a big comfort level of those. And another thing that's interesting is mask wearing. And I was in South Korea last year before COVID and I would see people on the subway and trains wearing masks and I just found that to be strange. But now that I see that they've been through stuff, bird flu, swine flu, these other pandemics that didn't really hit us as hard as it hit Asia, and they evolved to to mask wearing not being such a weird thing to do socially. Because if you wore a mask in public in the United States a year ago, people would probably wonder, hey, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Now, I, I think going forward, it may not be something that's even questioned. In fact, it might be something that's welcome if you're in a crowded environment.
0: You're right. Um, you know, as things change... Uh... You're right, we, we have to adapt. And one thing that doesn't change is we're always worried about the OIG. We're always worried about investigations. ASAP's taken leadership and uh, webinars there. And recently uh, we've had to look seriously as an organization at the simple stuff we do, bread and butter, facets, developing the LCDs or local coverage determinants for those that don't know what an LCD is, Um, it's really a guidepost, it's a roadmap for folks that aren't always MDs or DOs or healthcare providers to see what you're doing, if you're doing it right, and whether they should step forward with further investigation. We're looking at that for access to
1: care, correct? Oh, big time. And so we just went through this whole lumbar facet, local coverage designation debate. Prior to that, we did vertebroplasty, and coming up in February is the big one epidural steroid injections. Uh, that's up for debate and formation of a local covers designation. And luckily, multiple ACIP members that are in leadership are actually part of the expert review panel for this upcoming local covers designation. Also, ACIP is publishing guidelines on epidural injections and ways to treat chronic non-spinal pain. And I'm sure you've, well, I think you're a part of that, actually, as an author and, and that type of stuff. But that article, so to speak, is, you know, it could be a book in and of itself. I mean, I think it's probably it's well over 100 pages, and it's probably a closely approaching 200 pages with hundreds of sources and charts and graphs. Excellent work. Yeah. I spent uh, last weekend I, reading
0: the, uh, the spinal uh, treatise, I'll call it a treatise. It was, I think, in the end, it was almost 500 pages. And yeah all it needs was a hardcover on the front and the back it's a book but I'm telling you it it is um, noteworthy to have that document prepared is somebody's life work but it's something that ASAP does regularly with guidelines um, and really supporting uh, the membership and access to care uh, so I guess that's a natural segue to membership why would Folks need to be members. I mean, how how do we tell them you really should be a member?
1: There is tremendous value to ACIP, right? In terms of the education stuff that we talked about, the access to all the journal articles, um, how to build a practice, honestly, how to um, maintain good, strong financial health within your practice, how to take care of patients, the whole advocacy piece, the education piece. But there's some other new things that will be coming out over the next year that are exciting. Uh, we're in the process of creating a members only section on our webpage to provide value to specific membership. And what's going to be on there? Well, you know, some of our uh, keynote lectures and speeches and, you know, valuable content that you can stream on demand. There'll be a YouTube channel with some educational pieces that you can stream on demand. you Podcasts and stuff like that that are, are highly valuable or highly sought after you know will be there. Uh, we're debating about potentially having like a message board where you can ask questions. Uh, and people can reply to them, and they can be anonymous or not. For example, do you stop aspirin for a cervical epidural? Some do, some don't. Why would you? Why wouldn't you? You know, these types of talks and, and debates, there'll be mentorship for younger physicians, uh, potentially job placement opportunities for younger physicians or even seasoned physicians. But that members only section is going to be really a, a key value. Uh, attribute and you will have access to it if you are an ACIP member Uh, and if you're not obviously we'd encourage you to join so that you could access that content that will be impactful for your life and if you just think about the value proposition of the cost of being on ACIP compared to what you're going to get out of it um, especially if you access those members only benefits it's it's significantly to your advantage to become a member. Yeah and there's regional uh, meetings with the state societies
0: uh, or group state societies, and let, let's face it, just that membership uh, at the ACIP um, portal, for example, wh- what that reflects is what COVID made us do. Um, we have to have peer review and peer interaction, but it's a new day. And how neat is that real time, like social media, to get peer interaction to answer questions, especially with new ENM guidelines. The new uh, day that we have with understanding what we're gonna be doing, not now, but one year from now, two years from now, it's real time. It's like social media. You're right, it's invaluable, incredibly invaluable. Um, So membership, absolutely. It is, what did you call it? Uh, Cost value?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a significant cost benefit uh, to, uh, yeah. to doing that, you know,
0: no Get tremendous
1: value for your dollar spent. Um,
0: now, I'll end here by just um, kind of getting in and touching to something that uh, is timely. And that's the PPP. This is what third round, third round. And uh you can go to the ASAP website and be apprised of what's happening.
1: You're really tuned into this. What do you What do you know is coming up? Yeah, so there's an additional round of the PPP, the Payroll Protection Program. This time, they're actually targeting businesses that were significantly affected by um, the coronavirus pandemic. And what they're asking for is for you to show financially that you had at least one quarter where you had a decrease in in revenue uh, by approximately 25%, uh, which a lot of pain practices and physicians were actually shut down uh, March, April and part of May, uh, which is almost exactly a quarter, or if they weren't shut down, their volume was significantly decreased uh, well below that 25% threshold. So that's something that would be a value to look at. And the important piece of that is that your loan can be forgiven in which case it becomes a grant, which is extremely helpful. But even if it's not forgiven, uh, the interest rate's incredibly low at 1%. So, I mean, it's really, um, you know, if, if you are having some financial difficulties in your practice related to COVID, it's just a really nice opportunity, um, especially to retain employees and continue to pay them. In addition to those PPP options, ACIP was on the forefront of negotiating some grants um, that came out of the CARES Act, uh, particularly... The Medicare loan option, which ACIP continues to be in discussions on on, on ways to uh, minimize or, or help with the payback of, of those that are required. Um, several different various grants that came out of the CARES Act were um, things that were made available to ACIP members, such as the HHS grant that went to all practitioners. And at the time of the CARES Act, it actually was designed only for hospital use. Um, but ACIP and actually several organizations lobbied it to be for all physicians. Yeah. So we actually all benefited from that financially.
0: Well, you're right. And that, I mean, you know, thank you for your work. You did a lot of work on that. And I think uh, everybody at ACIP uh, appreciates the work that the individuals do. Yourself, others, Harold. I mean, it goes right down the line from the board to the member and those that want to contribute. I urge people to contribute. We have, seriously, open door, open arms. We want people to contribute. Um, For that, there are other benefits. We, We have them on the website. Check out Fedora Billing and Revenue Cycle Management. They've gotten good reviews. And we also um, offer a uh, MedMal option, Um, save a little money there. And we can't forget uh, that we can get med supplies at a reduced cost, particularly contrast. So, I mean, this type of stuff matters. So there goes back to your cost value. So... um, I'll just ask you if there's anything you want to end up
1: here with. I mean, what's sure. the cost? I, you know, there's one more thing I want to bring up in terms of value of the ACIP membership, because you had just mentioned purchasing of supplies and, and that type of stuff. ACIP is in the process of creating its own uh, official ASIP Amazon store, uh, which we hope uh, we, we definitely plan to have launched by the annual meeting. Uh, But that should allow you to get discounts on stuff. So you'll be hopefully saving money when you purchase equipment. But the other thing that's cool about it is when you do make a purchase for stuff that you're going to buy anyways, for hopefully less money than you're already paying, ASIP actually gets a a small percentage of those proceeds as well. So not only are you paying less for stuff you're already going to buy, it does help out ASIP too. It's really a win, 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 win across the board. And that's something we are literally working on right now as we speak. In fact, I have a kickoff launch meeting uh, with that tomorrow with the ASAP staff to, to discuss how we're actually gonna launch that um, ASAP Amazon store.
0: Yeah, it'll be an affiliate program, no doubt. Um, and that's what Amazon's famous for. Don't, don't think it doesn't work, it works. Uh, no one can get a, a product out like Amazon. And um, it's, it's a beautiful idea. Once again, thank you very much. And I look forward to interviewing you again. Uh, don't think you're going to get away from us because you got your presidency coming up and it's right around the corner.
1: You know, the honor is all mine. And I really appreciate uh, being a part of this and being invited to do it. Thank you so much for that.
0: Well, you're welcome. And uh, folks, if you have any questions about membership or you want to get in touch with uh any of the ASAP uh, staffs, board members, we're, we're open to talk anytime and answer questions. I, I think you'd agree with that, wouldn't you, that um, we're here as advocacy for you and the patient, and it comes just down to that. So I guess what we can say is uh, thanks everybody for listening, and thanks again. All right, good talk. And we had a pretty good time going back and forth talking a little bit about this and a little bit about that. Uh, please join us at ASIPP.org. If you have any questions, we're pretty much an open society. You, you can get a hold of any of us, and we'd be happy to talk to you. Uh, and certainly uh, the fellowship we're going to have at this annual meeting is something I'm looking forward to. So plan on coming. It's coming up. It's coming up in June. I think we're going to do it. I'm sure some of it will be online, but a lot of it's going to be in person, we hope. Cross our fingers. And we look forward to seeing you there. We look forward to hearing from you. Uh, Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for taking great care of your patients.